0: <coughs> so, taking refuge, living living in the refuge. <coughs> so, as a ritual, it's just uh, something we do on occasion as a reminder. But as a practice, it's something we uh, live in. We want to live with a the feeling there is there is refuge from. And then, you know, what does that feel like? From agitation, getting lost, spun out, groundless, um, addicted, stuck, you know. And there is refuge. The <coughs> Buddha teaching points to the points as to the refuge, and now we can deepen and extend that sense. so it's it's a a peaceful abiding in the here and now. And really, this is uh, through acknowledging and uh, recognizing. Making much of the fact that we have uh, this consciousness is what we how we experience our world. Consciousness and consciousness as the exterior uh, experience: sight, sounds out there. Sense organs have, are gates, and the outside the gate are sights, sounds, touches, and fragrances, and so forth. Mm. And uh, even thoughts are really the exterior aspect of the the mind. There was anything you could kind of manifest, really. So you can manifest a thought by speaking it, writing it down. You there it is. You you can speak it out, you can hear it. So it's something that's got... It could be seen, heard, experienced by others. (coughs) Exterior. (coughs) And, uh, of course both our own conditioning and our social world, very much emphasizes the the urgency, the necessity, the happiness and so forth of the exteriors. And there is that, but there's also the happiness is rather fragile. (coughs) There's lots of unpleasant things as well. It doesn't provide a lasting refuge, but it doesn't mean there isn't one. And uh, so our encouragement in Dhamma is Also to recognize, turn the, come the other way through the door, instead of going out you go in, go back, go in. What does this mean? It means consciousness has an interior aspect to it. And uh, the doors that you can, biggest doors you can travel through are the mind door and the body door. So we come in through the Mind door, you experience uh, instead of thought thinking, you experience a sense of knowing or awareness. So, you come in through the body door instead of experiencing touch, or as well as experiencing touch, you experience presence, you feel grounded and present. And you can't really specify where that is, it's not a kind of a, an object you can point to. You can point to a sensation that's in my knee. Or wherever, but you can't point to presence. Where's that? There's <laughs> no exterior to it. It's an interior thing. Same with you know thoughts, as thought comes and goes, awareness, knowing, doesn't really do that, does it? You kind of you can fade into it, it's like you fade into it and fade out of it when you get excited or, or confused or deep and you come in and you go out of it. But really, you can sense. So oh, it's always there. It's just I lose touch with it. You know, uh, our uh, sankara, our energies, our volitions tend to push us out away from knowing aware, n- the knowing aspect of the mind into the thinking aspect of the mind. <coughs> if you look at it more fine, more finely, also, uh, although losing mind very broadly here. Uh, to cover both the thinking and the, the emotive senses, but the you know, powerful emotions, but there's also the sense of a, a kind of deep tenderness, which is non specific. Uh, anukampa, empathy. A sense of deep tenderness. It's got no particular objects in it, it's just the, 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 the feelingness of the, of the mind. Yeah, and so the, these interiors, yeah. and uh, and uh, by by and large, there's a propulsion towards, you know, um, thoughts towards things that powerful emotions or things that stimulate powerful emotions, strong emotional ties make me feel alive. But of course, those ties are not always agreeable so as long as we stay out there you get the you know you surf a bit they also crash a lot so but then does it mean just close down the job close close the heart altogether or is it possible to say no don't close it but just come back into underneath all that why do we feel so much why do you feel so strongly why do we get so upset why do we get happy why do we feel grateful why do you feel miserable and angry and upset and confused? <laughs> what is doing that? The, the, the feeling capacity, you could say, the emotive capacity. And instead of you know going to the doing of it, just sense the ability to be uh, you know sensitive and tender. You know? I mean, it's a difficult place because you know the tendency is to, to swing into you know or to feel. Once you open that up, one is prone to the underlying you know, unresolved emotional currents come in. So this is often the case for people because of underlying anxiety or pain or something, then we look for something to, to swamp that, you know. So we look for some something that will stimulate another kind of emotion or mental feeling to sort of swamp the nervousness or the anxiety or the whatever, you know, the difficult one. Uh, But of course that doesn't resolve these underlying tendencies, or could anutsaya, (coughs) tendency towards ill will. For example, (coughs) doubt and anxiety, the tendency towards that. These are, you know, uh, they're not, these are kind of the currents that that, uh, run through the human being because of the sense of, uh, you know, separation. So, therefore, what's out there might hurt us or damage us. What's out there I can find fault with. What's out there I'm not certain about. Therefore, those those tides. I'm uh, just trying to come back to our, the, the ability to feel. Just be, be sensitive. And then, generally, when we cultivate something like the immeasurables, you deliberately you know, evoke something where that tenderness has got a skillful object to to um, constellate around. So we feel held in in a tender place by our sense of uh, respect and warmth and affection or concern or compassion or gladness, other people's welfare. It's a lovely experience. But just to come back again, you know, can even those images and perceptions kind of be gently subside till you feel instead of that specific images or impressions just the overall sense of you know open tender heart and that that's not a question it's a sort of a reminder you know how could that happen can that be something that is gradually cultivated so we move from the good, you know, from the, the unfortunate, or the afflicted, you acknowledge that, but then you begin to move to the genuinely good, that which we really feel, and then from the good, we move to the empty, yeah, so it's from the bad, to the good, to the clear. It's difficult to just go from the bad to the clear, but that's, yeah you because know, it's just the, the support that's needed so so this is the interior of the mind the heart difficult to go from thought to non thought without kind of it's going numb so till we slow the thinking down turn the thinking towards something skillful s- slow it right down, pause a lot. You remember, you know, bring up the sense of buddho or something, you know, breathing out, a very simple concept, and then you listen a lot with it. So you keep lengthening, you're extending into the interior quality by, first of all, dropping or placing a very simple exterior, like a simple thought, and then developing, lengthening the knowing of that around it. Till till you have less and less of the, the thought, and more and more of the knowing. Yeah. And then, of course, you can. You see, it's important to get the the internal and the external integrated. So we don't just kind of because otherwise we just feel well, thinking is a waste of time, people are a waste of time, emotions are a waste of time, everything out there just wipe it out. Well, that. You know, it means because here we are. You know, like it or not, you got born, so um, <laughs> so you got to come to terms with this stuff. Here it is, sight, sounds, and so forth. And uh, but can instead of it throwing us out, something that we receive just the impression, and we're also learning how can I deepen my interior, even in the presence of that. They so generally simplify, you know, simplify it right down to another person instead of all the details. Just see, oh, human being like me, you know, that's about as enough as you need to know. Give <laughs> it like that, then you sense someone also, you know, feels has karma, and uh, this situation beautifully. You know, people who are. Uh, trustworthy, uh, well-intentioned, and so forth. So you've got just that little thing, and then you don't need to add a lot more to it. You don't add a lot more to it. We start to probably get a bit anxious and agitated, and you know, just, what does she think about me? And oh, she <laughs> just no, just there's human being, and then sort of just an openness of heart towards them. And, you know, this, this is the sort of uh, inclination, a uh, home base, you know, which with them, you can do that with just about, well, I'm saying everybody, but don't, don't test me on it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a wide range of people. <laughs> And sometimes it takes a little bit of doing, you know, to get through this kind of arrogant, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, irritating, arrogant, self-centered, opinionated <laughs> to human being just like me. <laughs> to underneath, you know, all those formations, there's another tender heart there, you know, that also experiences pain and, and doesn't want to be pain, in pain, and also experiences uh, aloneness, and wants to feel a sense of empathy. You know, and just the amount of stuff that gets piled on top of that to stop feeling that the difficulty of that of that uh, of that process of you know and the sense of separateness to the body. You know, so we say coming into the body, then clearly bodies. <coughs> Sensations are not always agreeable. <coughs> uh, mostly sensations, most sensations of the body tend towards the disagreeable, particularly after a while. You, know, you sit, put a body and sit it down, and generally after a while, the sensations become slightly disagreeable, more disagreeable. I <laughs> uh, do you think... Wow, you're in a pain bag. You know, you got born in a pain bag. <laughs> <laughs> and the ability, body's ability to manifest pain at the drop of a hat. Gee, what a thing to do, get into one of these. But here we are. Yeah. So there's this skill of just getting comfortable, you know, not easy. But it's a skill of finding, well, holding, finding the body posture, how you can lengthen find the balancing the body posture and then you're tuning into (coughs) what is the (coughs) agreeable aspects of of the body and this is the sense of groundedness here we are, the sense of rhythm, rhythm is a comforting thing and it's manifested through through the rhythm of the breathing and the space around so you get ground, rhythm, space and, you know, there's a kind of just minimal exteriors, you know, an overall, like an overall sense, whereas sensations generally, you know, launch themselves on quite specific locations, like in leg, jaw, shoulder, chest, whatever it is, and you go to the overall sense, and yeah, the whole thing is breathing, the whole thing is grounded, there is space around, and you just keep kind of shifting, Your attention to that, so uh, the using it only to shift your attention to a more agreeable base of contact means that your mind begins to pick up different signals than the the pain signal. It begins to pick up the kind of steadiness of of the body, the the groundedness, the location aspect, the rhythmic. Flowing aspect of it. And that's much more agreeable, and your mind begins to pick that up.
1: And it feels,
0: yeah, it's sort of calm, steadier. You've got you're no longer immediately thrown into the teeth of pain. You know, you got somewhere where you, it's there, but it's kind of a little bit off in the periphery. It's not really hammering you. You know, you, you've kind of distanced yourself from it. And the more that you you in, go interior then the uh, further you can move away from the sensations mm. It's an interior the body is just presence so there's a particular shifting of contact where we make, how we contact from extremely exterior where there's no sense of presence. It's just all bam, 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 bam. No real sense of awareness. It's just thought, emotion, feeling, reactions, counter-reactions, thought, thought. you know, blah, 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 blah. It's a kind of extreme exterior to acknowledging, ah oh, obsessive thinking. Oh, powerful emotions. There's a little bit more interior. You're aware of it. And then just being able to kind of pull back. This is called Viveka. With or withdrawal, obviously, the words that don't necessarily resonate, but you get the image of something that is first of all fully full tilt engagement and it's able to just slightly disengage and withdraw from that exterior more to a sort of sense where there's an access to the, the interior, the presence, but in terms of the body, the knowingness in terms of the thought faculty and the. Tenderness, empathy in terms of the heart faculty. You know, that Viveka is to do with contact. <coughs> okay, so, you know, if you want to play with that, you can just do it with your eyes, because the eyes are you don't have to deal with feeling with your eyes. Yeah, So it's, it's simpler. It's less sometimes less rewarding, but it's also simpler. You can Look at something, you can study an object and get into the details of it. And you know, and then remember, whatever you feel, that's what your mind is doing. You like it or dislike it, that's your mental impression based upon that. You can study it, look at all the fine details, and then you can go to the overall sense of it. And as you withdraw, you can begin to reckon, just say, I know I'm seeing. You know, it's not just look at that detail there, but I know I'm looking. Yeah. So there's where you, it starts to, to occur. You get the recognition of this is what s- seeing is. It's like this. Yeah? Do you get that? And you know what happened to do that? There's a softening. Softening of it, the intensity of the focus on the object. You soften it. You're no longer so, you know, fully engaged and committed. to a softer focus, widening. As you begin to get sense, instead of being your 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 eyes kind of tunneling down onto an object or funneling down an object, begin to the visual focus begins to widen and open up. As you widen and open up, the object has less intensity to you, less intensity. It's just okay. There it is, and as you begin to get the the, the wide widening and softening, you feeling oh, I'm quite, oh, I realize actually I really like that, or I don't like it, or you get the mind comes in, you become more aware of your mind, and then you can withdraw a little more, and it's just the knowing of seeing. So you can just play play with that. And it's it's a just sort of sense of like you have a zoom lens. You can go fall into the object, and then just widen, soften, come to the sense of knowing you're seeing, being conscious of seeing, and then... Here I am. Presence. Presence, awareness. And this is a sort of residual sense of the visual object there. But the quality of here-now presence and awareness becomes much stronger because you've done that withdrawal. Mm Viveka. And along with that comes dispassion because you're not getting so fired and triggered by the object, either for good or for bad and pleasant. But it's then the sense of this, this kind of calm ease of dispassion. Not, waves aren't getting churned up. You know, it's cool. So Viveka and Viraga around contact. We do that with the eye. See, Because the eye is such an it's such a incredibly fine-tuned focusing tool. You know, it's really good at focusing in and out. It's got a strong zoom lens on it. Hearing is less, less so. It's less difficult to really pinpoint. The eye is very good for that. <coughs> and then coming into your body, you know, being aware, say, okay, Know, is it, There's the left hand, feels like this, or is it tingling, warm, something that's not particularly unpleasant, or pleasant, just fairly neutral, the hand. How do you know your left hand, what it feels like? Is it warm, heavy, soft, whatever, you know? And then you can go down to, well, it's the feel the left index finger. You now, zoom in on that, and then the top joint. So you can do that because the, the hands, particularly, have a lot of acute sensation in them. So you can you can do that zooming in, then you can go from the hand, left hand, hand out. How what's the difference between that and the right hand? And then hand, arm. Can we sense the whole body as so if you're widening that lens? And then the hand tends to subdue, the sensations in the hand subdue just because the focus isn't there. The focus has widened, so the sensations then get subdued. And there's no suppression or or aversion to it, it's just that the focus is now softened, so it's no longer coming with that same intensity. This is a skill (coughs) to operate that, that lens. Now the lens is called attention. Yeah? Contact is the uh, activation whereby feeling and perception happens. And attention is this, this zoom lens that we can operate. And then there's another quality called, called intention, which is You know, the message was saying, well, why don't we zoom in or why don't we zoom out? So it's an inclination intention that that does the adjusting. So now when your intention is towards withdrawal or towards Viveka, then you do that. When intention is towards, well, it's how do I undo this knot? Then you zoom right in and do the details of the knot or the nut or the whatever you're operating, you know, some particular thing, you can zoom right in on it. Yeah, but that ability to to operate that is your your intention, attention, and contact are all exercised. And when we want to come back to something really just almost universal, wherever you are, however you are, whoever you are you just come back to a presence and it's something you can rest in presence or rest in awareness, these, these interiors. Hmm. So, and then we can select what we wanna make contact with and focus in on this. Because although these deep interiors are very uh, a calm refuge place and place that uh, is very helpful to counteract, often our we're thrown onto repetitive and difficult experiences in our hearts and minds. So you just want to keep just that process of being thrown onto this stuff which keeps triggering it and triggering it and triggering it's like a wound that keeps getting scratched and scratched and scratched it's not doesn't do it any good so you want to you know be able to withdraw feel the benefit of calm and awareness and peacefulness and knowingness and you, you never lose it's something you don't have to lose So this gives us an indication, could this be something to do with deathless, if something that doesn't end and doesn't begin, is that what that's about? play with that, if it's worth playing with. Mm. But if, well, anyway, it's good. (laughs) And there it is, you know, so. But, of course, um, you know, this is the calming process. But by itself, the withdrawal it it takes the pressure off, and sometimes just doing that things sort of shake themselves out by themselves. You know, certain stuff just kind of falls away because it's not being react- reactivated. You know? But then also, we need to sort of come back to some of that, some of those psychological activities. Say, okay, let's really I found my balance. Now I can really look at this and perhaps investigate. And though this is the vipassana um, process, really gaining gaining insight, gaining wisdom, through being resourced and having that refuge, being able to, at one's will, at one's wish, come into and dismantle and take apart some of these difficult pieces that we stuck with. Because just withdrawing by itself doesn't doesn't resolve everything. <coughs> and, uh, and a very useful, or would have seemed to feel it was a supremely useful, kind of moderator is breathing. Because breathing is kind of really sort of just uh, at the boundary of internal and external. It's just something you can feel a sense of presence with it. It's not wildly stimulating. I never felt anybody getting fastened and swept away by their breathing. You know. And really the best way to begin it is, is to forget it, just because you will tend to approach it from the external and all the external attitudes. External attitudes are either the, the um, sensor attitude, grab it and have it or the work attitude. Get working on it, hold it hard, get results, make it work. And you approach your breathing like that, then it really messes up. And you can't get any idea how this could ever be considered to be a pleasant abiding in the here and now. So you just gotta sort of check where you're coming from and let your intention, your inclination come from the refuge. Right, feeling this sense of presence and awareness. Knowing that, sensing that. And then from here, if I say, is there any breathing happening? You know, it doesn't have to be. Maybe I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe I'm not. So if I'm not dead, likely there is something happening. But I'll wait for it to come to me. You know, I'm, I'm going to stay in here. I'm not going to go running out I'm going to stay here and just see if anything reminds me of breathing and the first thing you get is some sense of a a fluctuation like a swelling receding subsiding good enough you know and then to really keeping that Viveka so you don't kind of grab it or get to work on it or get you know focused on it or this these workaholic attitudes, but just be someone who's prepared to let the breeze blow over and and you bide your time till you really feel grounded and comfortable in your sense of presence. And then then you're able to perhaps discern it in a more happy way Mm -hmm. from your place of refuge rather than some thing you have to do. It is helpful because this uh, breathing process will if it is, uh, if, you, if it can guide you, if you can find a healthy contact, healthy way of being with that, it will take you through the bodily process with all its impacted senses and as the body becomes freer and more open and looser, then the mind, which tunes into the body, also becomes freer and more open and glad. And then... Uh, through this, it, all those hardened aspects of the exteriors kind of begin to dismantle and you experience this inner quality of a warm, joyful heart. <coughs> so again, this is really uh, consciousness and then our old friend sankara again. Sankara here refers to these three activities: contact, intention, and attention. So these are the. So we took looked at where the sankaras manifest. The manifesting, say, in terms of the verbal faculty, or the heart faculty, or the body faculties. So they manifest. There's where they. There's where they manifest. This is how they work, this is how they work. They work through intention, some kind of inclination which could be anything from greed or hatred to uh, a subtle favoring or a a gentle inclination or a supportive attitude. So it can be very subtle inclinations. They could be inclinations, just the inclination to enjoy, appreciate, that's also an inclination. Inclination just that's steady, calm, that's an inclination. So there's a whole range of them, very strong and um, coarse to the subtle and refined. This is Chaitana, and this is one way, perhaps the most obvious way in which these Sankara operate. There's an intention This gets programmed again because um, we might notice that, <coughs> depending how you, what your life and what your conditioning is, that quite a lot of the our, in, our volitional quality is rather hurried. There's a lot of imperatives to get things done quickly, you know. So it's, it's called boom. The sankalpa, the is zap, you know. It's a sort of jerk, sort of zappy kind of thing. Punch it, get out, sock it to them, do the thing, get it done. See, you know, that thing. And so you don't want to turn that thing on your meditation object. Because <laughs> it's, it's it's receptive, minimal, minimal, receptive, mostly push. You know? So you meditate like that, all you experience is your own pushing. So the <laughs> and the effect it has on your body, which tightening it up, and the effect it has in your mind, kind of tightening up. So you don't want to have the that one, and to just acknowledge is that one there for me? Can I do it? Is that something that, for one reason or other, has become dominant, you know, a pushy one or you know, a forceful one? It could be dithering you know. Well, maybe then, but so well, could yeah. But then, on the other hand, you know, dither, 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 inclination that doesn't quite. This is doubt, you know, or fearful. I don't know if I could really manage this. It's probably not for me. So other people can do it, but not. I don't know if I'm really up to this kind of thing. the anxiety? Yeah. Reluctance. know, yeah, I suppose I better do this thing. boom. <laughs> You know, so it's kind of got a tang of ill will in it. Uh, so this is where, of course, these hindrances affect inclination. Uh, so we're saying, well, you know, of course we can make a, a, a story about the five hindrances. Amazing, it only seems to be five because it seems they do hindrance cocktails, which you get <laughs> really interesting kind of, merges of ill will and doubt and restlessness and a bit of dullness thrown in just to flatten it all but generally the palette is made of five hindrances that sort of produce whole tonalities of cocktails of hindrances so so can i just kind of you know learn a different inclination which may be the inclination of offering inclination of offering the inclination of listening Inclination of you know that something's a softer and sustainable, you know, and it's the inclination doesn't really matter what the object is. I just want to, you know, it's not because the thing needs it, it's just because I feel happier inclining that way, using my volition like that, and then you know, um, sustaining it. <coughs> and I like to think instead of you know, relentless determination to sustain attention which is uh, panic you know, help I feel already you know driven say well just um, uh, you know something that's that uh, that's you want to offer to something that you having a kind of sense of something worth offering your attention to then perhaps think of loyalty I, I want to stay with this this is beautiful I want to stay with this so it's it's a softer tone of how we kind of sustain uh, our our impressions what works for you Mm. you know if I hear the sense of now we're going to have a committed relentless determination to focus on the breath for the next hour you know I start to go into spasms after a few minutes (laughs) (laughs) Get, get me out of here but we're saying, well, there's something beautiful, worthy of respect that happens for us in a sense of really befriending that, loyalty to that. Yeah. This is the good one, the one that you have. Don't go, you know, chasing around after other things. But, so we're build, building, building up that kind of uh, inclination and it comes slowly attention mm. how you can flex the lens so you can go down to fine points yeah or you can go to very broad overviews generally the broader the view the calmer your mind gets because it's got more space but you lose you don't have the clarity maybe you don't need the clarity first of all you just want to feel Settled and comfortable, so you get a kind of the broad view. Yeah, there is sort of a sense of a rhythm moving that's calming. When I feel more comfortable with that, rested in that, then perhaps I could, you know, focus more on details as whatever works for you. But generally speaking, the wider the attention and the softer the inclination, it's not so sharp and it's not so you know, you don't, it's not so firmly held, but maybe you've got to kind of build up to that from a place where you don't feel stressed and uh, uh, workaholic about it. Contact. Now, you know, contact is a sankhara, means it's a dynamic, it's, a, it's an energy, <coughs> may think contact is just a, a fact, you know, something touched something. But contact is the basis for the arising of perception and feeling. So there's a particular, you know, something is touched, and there's there's an activation. Oh, 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 oh. Something, like that. something is seen as an activation. Oh, you know, perception. Oh, that's Janet. Oh, that's Harry oh, look at that, it's a bear, you know, whatever, so, right, and then the further volition kicks in, bear, quick, <laughs> so contact is the basis for the arising of perception and feeling, and also the basis for the arising of, of further volition, or intentionality, right, you get the perception, bear, coming this way, volition, turn around, scram, you know, or whatever you do with bears. So the contact then is, is, a, is a dynamic, it's a, it's a trigger, it's a program, flash, flash, flash. And so we also, this is to be cultivated. So we notice what kind of volition is triggered by any perception sights, sounds, touches and could that volition be a little more conscious so it isn't just the knee jerk reactivity or you know uh, trying to hold it hard trying to get on top of it or whatever you know there's a sense of softly tuning to tuning to, meeting, sensing fully taking it so you're Your intention is one of meditating on something, believe it or not. (laughs) To meditate means to, to stay with something and drink it in. Stay with something and take it in. Take in the deep meanings, take in the feeling, take in the experience. Enjoy. Meditate means to enjoy. To stay with something and experience the enjoyment of it, the fullness of it. This is what... It means to meditate. And then, you know, that that's a... So for that we have to really choo- choose the contact, moderate our attention, and then moderate our inclination, our intentionality to it. The thing is with Sankara, is because they're dynamic, you can change them. they're they're up for change they're not fixed they're not fixed things at all you're not stuck in your habits we're stuck in our habits because we don't understand them we don't understand the mechanics of it so we find ourselves running that that program again and again and again we don't like the program we keep running it we get lost in the the sound of it and the, the fury of it and the story of it we don't really understand the mechanics of it, how that how it runs. So this is why this teaching is given. Yeah, you know, why the Buddha you know, consciousness and name and form. Consciousness, vijnana, form, rupa, naming, which is perception, feeling, contact, intention, attention. So it's the three immaterial aggregates there. And this is why it's presented in this way, so that we say, well. You can't do much about a feeling, really. Feelings just, they just happen. But the baseline of how it all happens is feeling arises from contact. There's no contact, there's no feeling. You can't do much about feeling. You do something about contact. And further volition arises from contact. Now, by the time that volition has happened, you know, the urge, the, the run, the scramble, whatever it is, the thing is, the horse is out the stable. It's running, you know. There's not much you can do about it, but eventually you know, wait for it to calm down. It wouldn't be good if you could get right back to the place where it's about to run and say, just cool it down, boy. You know, you're okay. Stay here, you know. And it wouldn't be that running out. How do you do that? You see something, a disagreeable object with your eyes and you come back into presence and awareness. You withdraw. You don't have to run out. You don't have to like it. You don't have to approve it. You don't have to disapprove it. You don't have to. you you want to do it, it's fine. But just realize you've been doing this for decades. And where does it get you, you know? Is, is it possible just to not have to run out, to not have to have an opinion about something? <coughs> now, conceivably and admittedly, you know, the way life is, many times we do have to have an opinion about something or the other, and, and a response and reaction. But perhaps in a refuge in a retreat, that can be really put on hold. I don't have to like it, to be present with it. Do I? My presence isn't dependent on me liking something. You can be aware of disliking it. You don't have to get into all the volitional storms around all that particularly something you can't do anything about (laughs) (laughs) so you can say I'm just maintaining presence and awareness so then you're coming back to where the contact would normally throw you out into all that instead you're at that door and you say let's just come back in through the door there's that thing that's found disappointing, annoying, unjust, tasteless, da 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 uh-huh. And then there's a knowing of those perceptions and experiences, not repudiating, them. I know them, aware of that, and now I'm aware of knowing them. And I feel I'm in my presence, and I'm calm and steady. And I might say, it's the appropriate time and place. Yeah, maybe I'll do something about that. Then I choose. when it, I have the choice then. And I'll do it in a careful, responsible way rather than that, you know, jumping out onto it. Whether that's something, you know, technically outside or whether it's something, you're ma- an object that's manifesting in your mind, you know. So remember a lot of our exteriors of the exterior of the mind, which is all the narratives and the images and the memories and the, you know, all the, the creatures that inhabit our minds that we could, you know, and ourselves, the various selves that walk through our minds that we find ourselves, you know, lamenting over, or wrangling with could it be just there you go uh-huh. you know, mm. the beauty is that uh, this approach to the mind is, is, has quite really, really quite powerful results. Some of those creatures only really those selves those memories what they really needed to do was to walk through your mind without you reacting to them they do that a few times and say, Okay, I've finished with you, off, you know. (laughs) The, The stick, the glue is worn out. And you see, as they disappear, you see, oh, there was, there was, what was that, really? There was the pain of being disappointed or betrayed or let down or something that, and then the feeling kind of crystallizes and moves, and, ch- and it's, it's released, this is how we release, how release happens, so just again, you know, coming back into your fundamental refuge, presence, is your bodily refuge, gives you a sense of, you want some ground, you want some firmness, you want, you know, not to get your feeling, body, Awareness is your mental refuge, your knowingness. I know I'm seeing this. Yeah. Withdrawal is the skill of attention. Yeah. And empathy, when that becomes possible through the others, you feel the sense of you know, tenderness that allows itself to be feel pain and pleasure and not contract around it Mm